Welcome to the Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. And tonight is one of my favorite kind of shows because I get to bring you an independent music artist that I love and I know you will too. Out singer-songwriter Jeb Havens is an international recording artist who lives and works in Los Angeles and he plays gigs up and down the West Coast. But most of the people in the world know him from his super popular YouTube channel where he posts not only cover songs but original songs and he's garnered over 650,000 views. All of that leads us to today, where Jeb is going to join us to talk about his new album titled Home Base, which will be released on February 17th on all digital download outlets, and he'll be having a record release party in Los Angeles at Rockwell, the very popular music venue. We're going to talk to Jeb about his creative process, how he worked long distance with his Grammy award-winning producer Andy Zula, and the inspiration behind many of the songs. But first, let's get to the music, and then we're going to talk to Jeb. This is Jeb Havens. The 101, packed like bumper cars in the L.A. sun. Blame it on the movie stars, but everyone, they can't stop talking about how lucky they're going to be. There are gorgeous eyes, flirting out over sunglasses in the big blue sky. The red carpet and I don't know why I can't stop dreaming about what's calling, calling for me Boy, you're up and then try to breathe Say we all just did, it's very Jeb Havens, how are you doing? Hey, Randy. I'm so excited to talk about this album with you. Yes, I'm. I'm excited to talk about it after after many months of of working on it and and a lot of it inside, you know, on my own with headphones on or something. I can finally talk about it and share it with people. I've always been such a fan of yours since I've gotten to know your music, and obviously, I know a lot of the music that you've done with Matt Zarley, and I love the song that you wrote for co-wrote with Matt for his. Uh, short film but a lot of people discovered you about a year ago when you know you have your youtube channel which is fantastic you, you you do these great things and for the listeners listening you have this great series of closet covers where you take a song and you put your spin on it and you do it in the closet because there's good sound in the closet mm-hmm. which i love the best the best sound yeah because you know you have you have all of the the clothes absorbing sound and it isolates you really good which i love mm-hmm. and i think it's a really cute idea but a lot of people discovered you because you did a cover about a year ago of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car which went viral and you have almost 200,000 listens to that mm-hmm. uh, watches yeah. no views views excuse me we have video and everything um, <laughs> yeah so when i found out you were doing your own album I thought to myself, gosh, what would an original Jeb Havens album sound like? Because we've gotten to hear so many different things from you for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled to find out that, that Home Base, the, uh, the title of your new album, Home Base is like the perfect Jeb Havens album. Uh, okay. it, it's like exactly <laughs> sure what why, you do yeah. well. It's, it's like it's everything you do encapsulated 
into like I think it's eleven tracks. Yeah, definitely, because it's a huge range from the beginning to the end, and I think that was that was partly intentional was showing showing a range, but still centering around the the songwriting and the performance. What I like about you opening with the song "The One O One" is it's big and it's wide, and it has this really radio ready sound to it. But it's it's big, and then from there we kind of go on a little roller coaster with with the album. Like we, we you don't ever like sit in one gear for a while. Did you know that you wanted like a certain amount of range to this, or did you just think I'm going to write songs and then I'll just put this collection together and then go or yeah, well, I, I um, it's been uh, maybe six years or so since I had a previous uh, solo album, mm-hmm. and so since that time, I've written so many new songs, and I had sort of a lot to choose from. So when I was planning out this album, uh, a big part of the process was actually just going through and picking out the right set of songs. In the end, I really went with songs that I felt best represented me uh, as a songwriter. And uh, you know, I've written songs in many genres, and I've, you know, as you said, in doing cover songs, I've performed songs in many different styles. For me, a lot of it is just the construction of the song itself and what kind of story it can tell. So I wasn't really thinking as much about having a cohesive sound. It was, it was more, I just wanted the things that felt the most uh, right for me and felt like they represented me and, and sort of what I could do as a songwriter and what the the sort of stories or um, ideas I wanted to tell were. I have to say, this is the first album in a long, long time. I literally listened in one sitting straight through. I did not get up. I didn't say, oh, I'll listen to that in a while, or, oh, let me go get another glass of wine, or let me, like, write this other thing. I literally sat through the entire album in, in one sitting, which is unusual, because we've I've used the word range a couple of times, and you have, but... What struck me about the album from the beginning is in the writing and the singing and the performance, but in the writing especially, there's tremendous emotional range here. I mean, it reminded me a lot of Mary Chapin Carpenter and a lot of Tracy Chapman in, in terms of the kind of intimacy that sometimes and, – and the sophisticated – a lot of the lyrics are very sophisticated at times for me, and I like that. I think they're very thoughtful and human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think when I approach songwriting, it's always from those two sides of of one just getting across this raw emotion and this raw feeling, and then there's sort of the more analytical side of me that just loves the craft of of trying to you know put certain phrases together and internal rhyming and and uh, you know alliteration and and things like that to sort of craft the song and make it something that's really catchy and and has sort of these pop hooks to it, but but still is, is hopefully exploring some idea that has some depth to it. Oh, absolutely. That, and that's, I'm, I'm a big kind of sit there and listen to, wow, listen to that lyric. That's really, let me go back and listen to that again because I like really thoughtful lyrics. And, you know, you can only do do run, 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 do run, run so many times or, you know, <laughs> call me maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but they're great. People love them. And I love, okay. I love that too. So I think, I think the, the best is always the combination where you can get something that, that just feels fun and comfortable, and you sort of listen further as you listen more. There's there's maybe more to explore that feels you know gets a little bit more uh, honest or more more intimate from there. It's funny how the how the album evolved. Where uh, initially I had thought of it um, as two separate, almost as two separate projects, where I had more produced tracks that I did with Andy, 
And then I had these other tracks, which I almost thought of as bonus tracks um, that I just produced myself, just piano and vocal. And what ended up happening was as I started to put the album together and the ordering and listening to the songs uh, together as they were finished, I actually realized that if I strung them all together with the produced tracks initially and then moving into the, the stripped down piano vocal tracks, it actually worked really well as a, as a whole journey, which I was really surprised by. I thought it would be so, so much more jarring. And I was thinking, oh, do I have to release these as two separate EPs or something? But it ended up that I think it works well. And, and as you, you sort of mentioned about how it starts and then it, and then it ends very differently, I think it, it does take you on that, that journey representing both sides of, of how I like to, to make music. Well, I'm glad you said that. That's what I was referring to when I talk about the ride. I didn't notice that there was that kind of division between the more produced songs and the stripped-down piano vocals until the second listening. And the second listening, I did notice because when we get to sudden How to Love a Driven Man, Loose Cannon, and, and thankfully you put in the acoustic version of Survive You, which I think is a very wise thing because it shows <laughs> off the strength of the songwriting. But I, I was aware on second listening, I'm like, oh, listen, look at that. Oh, he does all the production stuff up front, and then it kind of gets at this other side of the ride. It's like coming down the hill on the roller coaster. Because even within some of the songs, you have that sort of, dynamic of you know more of the production coming in mm-hmm. and, and it gets stripped away and you're sort of left with the thing that's maybe more more honest or more central right and so i think that's part of the idea that i applied to the whole album where you start with a lot of this this production and and big you know pop vocals and backing vocals and energy and it's all trying to tell these stories and then gradually you sort of strip all that away and, and you're left with kind of maybe the the more condensed version of or concentrated version of of what uh, it is that I'm trying to tell. I'm curious now, who produced the album? Did you produce the album? So this album I produced in conjunction with Andy Zola. Who, oh, wow, yeah. Yes, who's a Grammy-winning producer, amazing, amazing guy. He's worked in the industry for a long time and, and worked with many, many great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, And so I connected with him through Matt Zarley, because Andy was the one who produced the duet that Matt and I did. Mm-hmm. So I met him through that and then decided to start working with him. And, and we got along great right away, had a lot of phone conversations because he lives in New York and I live in L.A. So we did the entire thing you know, over the Internet and over the phone uh, virtually where I would send tracks to him, uh, piano, vocal demos to him, and then he would flesh it out with all the instrumentation and, uh, and just go back and forth in that process. I should mention one of my favorite things that I learned recently is not only are you a singer and you play piano, but you are so, you are also a very skilled ukuleleist. That, that's very <laughs> yeah. As of maybe three months ago, uh, I've always been intimidated by the guitar and tried many times in my life to pick it up and play it and never could. But so you thought this little thing I could conquer you? It is. It's it's actually a lot easier than the guitar, but it but it looks almost as impressive. I should mention to the listeners, you should go to Jeb's YouTube channel and pick out a lot of things to listen to. But what I'm referring to is actually just uh, a few weeks ago, Jeb uploaded a cover of Adele's Hello, and he plays the ukulele instead of the the piano this time. And I was like, well, look at him. Isn't he talented? (laughs) He can do that too. Okay. That's fabulous. When it comes to working with a producer, and especially long distance, what is it like to – do you – 
like to just send the vocals raw? Did you comp the vocals yourself, or would you would you just let him figure that out? Or did I'm always interested in the creative process about how people work with their producers. Yeah, I think for me, um, what I the way I approached it was there are certain things that I've done a lot and have experience in, but there's a lot of things I don't have a lot of experience in. I know there's people that can do it a lot better, and especially him. So I, so basically the pieces that I felt really comfortable with was obviously you know doing the writing and then recording my own vocals in my closet again. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of comping, or at least a lot of takes, because I don't like to do a lot of you know tone fixing or pitch fixing. Mm-hmm through extensive auto-tune or something like that. So usually I'll just sing, you know, 20, 30 takes of something and really take the one that feels the most honest or the most right. So that's usually what I would do. I would just take a lot of a lot of the vocal takes. Uh, I do some comping together myself. And then usually I'd have a, a really simple piano background or maybe a little drum loop I threw in to get a feeling for the song. And then I'd send those pieces off to him. And then... You know, uh, however long later, he would come back with this brilliant uh, arrangement underneath it mm-hmm. and transform the song. And, and then we'd go back and forth where, because of his arrangement, maybe I'd uh, adjust some of the, the rhythms and melodies and, you know, record more final vocals or some backing harmonies. And, and uh, he would work with other musicians that he knows to maybe record, um, like, the live drum track or do live strings or something like that. Ah. Well, I just think it's fascinating how it all happens, and especially now in this day and age when people are on the opposite sides of the country and you just collaborate <laughs> super long distance. Yeah, well, it's funny. This uh, He said that this is the first project he's ever done where from start to finish we've still never met in person, ever. <laughs> Isn't that hysterical? That's yeah. amazing. And I, and I was trying to think about it. I don't know when exactly I'll, I'll meet him in person, but I, I can't wait for that day. It'll be really, uh, really fun. We can grab a, grab a beer and, mm-hmm. and all the stories and things like that. I think it was just the fact that he he got the emotion of the songs and he got the dynamics of the songs really quickly, and so I just felt I felt total trust in him and his instincts, and I think he he understood where I was going and the and the way I wanted the album to sound, uh, and then it was just it was amazing. It was like magic to to get the new tracks from him, and I'd open up some email and and just listen, and and it was really really uh, an amazing experience. Ah, that is very cool. It is I. Uh, one of the songs I was very aware of because you were talking about background tracks and stuff. I think it's "Close Love," which is one of my favorite songs on the <laughs> album. By the way, I should not. You, you, you're the parent, so you don't have any favorites. I know that you love them all like children. <laughs> and I shouldn't say I have favorites, but some of the things that jump out of me that I really was like, "Whoa, let me play that again" because I really like that. "Close Love" has is is very sophisticated in in its production. I noticed in, in the way all of the stuff is put together not only the arrangement but the background vocals and and it all sounds really big and fat and mm. amazing like yeah that that was a that was one where i um it's funny because the original piano vocal demo of that you don't get that sense because uh, of of how big and booming the chorus ends up being because you can't really do that with a piano so that's one case where i always heard in my head something much bigger and stronger for the choruses but could only play so much on a on a just on a piano part, right. and then sending it to him, I would just tell him, give him notes, and say, "Hey, I, I, this chorus really feels like it needs to be big." Oh, and, and it so suits it. Yeah. it really <laughs> and, does. And I had no idea what he was going to do with it, and then he sends back this uh, this track with just these booming, driving drums and and all this sound, and it felt so right, and it was something I hadn't seen or thought of before, but then. 
when he adds that, then all of a sudden it transformed the song. It became, you know, it turned it into, I think, something so much more. So I think that's, those are the cases where I think the, you know, again, I, I don't have favorites on the album, but I think the songs that I really love are the ones where it really ended up being this harmony of, you know, him being able to bring what he does best to it and me being able to, to bring my own stuff to it as well. Because I'm, since I still work in theater as a director and choreographer, I, I tell people all the time, I am so not an island. I am so not going to walk in and be brilliant by myself. I, it's never, I'm never going to be that artist as, as a creative person myself. I'm always the collaborator. Mm-hmm. And so I love seeing, it. it is a fun thing in collaboration when you bring your stuff to the table and then someone brings it back to you and they've kind of like, made it helped it become the next generation of what that thing's going to be and it it gets very exciting you go oh wow that's yeah cool i didn't even think of that maybe or i hadn't thought of that or mm-hmm. I, I i think it's a very fun thing i really do i think it's yeah. it's the joy of of collaboration and, and creativity yeah that's that's the same with me i i've, you know, I've done um i had the duet with with matt i've done other uh co-writing or collaborations with with other artists and that's always to me some of the most satisfying because it does allow you to to create things that you never even thought of and, and see things you never never would have imagined. And one of the things I should mention for people to listen to, just for comparison, because I, I have talked about how much I like Close Love, is if you go to Jeb's YouTube channel, he did perform it acoustically a couple of months ago, and there's video on his YouTube channel of the song. So if you want to hear what it would have sounded like as a, as a more possibly, for lack of better language, intimate song without all of that stuff, it's there, and so to, to know where that was and where this became and just to know that whole journey, be able to kind of get a sense of that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the – well, let me, let me put it this way. What, was good, what I was going to say is I was going to bring up Survive You, mm-hmm. which is very much completely in my wheelhouse as an audience. hurts more than you know A blackened mark upon the soul Your lover left you long ago 
in their heart, in their heart years back. The tortured days and the sleepless nights, a foolish heart and a losing fight, begging for a little tunnel light, just past this. Just past this rough patch, but the heart is stronger than I ever knew. These crashing towers I have built for two. I can take a beat, 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 beating, just to keep on beat, 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 beating. I know, I know, I know, I know so true that I will survive, survive you. I think "Survive You" is so well written, and you Thank sing you. it so beautifully. Some of these songs have been with you, as you mentioned, these are songs you've written over the years. So you've performed some of these songs, like Survive You, you've had with you, you've lived with a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for years I've had that song, and I definitely have performed it so many times. And it's it definitely, for me, it's it's just one of the more, it, it feels, it, from very early on, it felt very complete. Mm -hmm paints this complete picture and I, I, the structure of it just feels right to me. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those songs that I've played so many times and it, it, it feels the most honest. And people also respond to it. I think it's one of the songs that people respond to the most, partly because, you know, for me it was, it was really capturing a lot of this confusing emotion at a very difficult time. And I think a lot of people uh, can really relate to that, and and it comes across in the song, at least from what what people have told me. After mm -hmm. I, oftentimes after I play that song at a show, it's one of the ones that people come up after, and they'll say, "That's that's me. That's my life. That's my situation right now." Like you wrote that song about me, you know. And I think that sort of connection and that in in the honesty and intimacy of the song is what I love about songwriting in general and about performing is is being able to. Uh, have something that really resonates with someone else emotionally and and even though I'm in a lot of ways telling my own stories hopefully it's something that other people can can bring their own lives to and, and it can help them understand or deal with or, or work through something that they're going through one of the things I noticed and I like this about you this is there's an aspect of this in the way you perform also people who see your your videos on YouTube and people who see you live and these two songs both kind of highlight this thing because of the way you've written the song, or actually maybe not the way you've written it, maybe it's the way you, you chose to perform it, is both of these songs, you have a build of strength, you have a build of confidence, I don't know if you're aware of this, in the chorus, and then, but before we get to the last beat of the chorus, you pull back a little, like you have to think a minute, mm -hmm. which I like because I think that's what, what life is like. I think I think a lot of people like to build their confidence or they like to put it out there when you're trying to communicate something. A lot of people are thoughtful and they go, well, let me think before I really say that, let me think for a second. And it's a vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. If I were to describe you to people who had not heard you sing or perform yet, I think one of the hallmarks of 
your work is that there's a vulnerability, that it's really human. And I've always liked that. Mm-hmm. And, and when I get to Close Love and Survive You, at the end of each course, there's, there's almost like, well, I'm not going to go there just yet. Like, just a, a little hint of, let me think again. Okay, mm-hmm. just make sure I'm right. Or let me... And, and, I don't, and I'm, I'm saying it in a completely positive way because I just think that life is like that. I've never been that person that in an argument I'm absolutely right. I always have to like I, – I think I'm right to a degree, but in the back of my head I'm like, well, I'm going to give myself – wait, hold on just a second, just in case. And there, there's just something really human about that. I think for, for me a lot of it was you – know, a lot of my songwriting ends up being about dynamics and emotional dynamics. And, yeah, good uh, word. It's funny yeah. that, that sort of flow you mentioned – I didn't really realize the connection to those two songs, but I think it's true. They both have this sort of express this kind of vulnerability and, uh, you know, unsureness in the, especially in the verses. And then you do build into this big booming confidence or this big idea. And I, and I think the moment at the end of the course, when they pull back to almost nothing, it's sort of like you have to go through that whole process to come back to some like quiet, powerful moment. Right. The the most honest emotions are uh, the most honest emotions are the ones where you're sort of able to calmly or quietly come back to the idea and just sit with it. And so I think for for both of those songs, in Survive You and in Close Love, really I think it's sort of a journey to that idea. And then when you get to that idea, it sort of hits you in this sort of quiet stillness so much, which is sort of oftentimes more powerful, I think, emotionally than than the big booming, you know, bravado or the, or right. the, you know, vulnerability is, oh, it's just, I can just sit with this idea and, and think about it. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of my, a lot of the, the songwriting that I do ends up taking a lot of those emotional ups and downs. And I think, again, that's, that's where working with someone who can use the instrumentation and use the strings and the drums to really play that up uh, was, was so satisfying. Well, there, you said it better than I did. <laughs> That's what I was meaning to say. Exactly that. There. <laughs> now, that being said, you know, I'm talking about this vulnerability. I'm talking about this, this thoughtfulness and this intimacy. That's not to say that there are not, the, like I mentioned at first, you open the album with the 101. And The Happiest is such a, a bouncy, just heartful song. And I love The Happiest because clearly we, we know what that's about. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's the it's the uh unashamed or unabashed love song of just celebrating celebrating love and celebrating um just that that sort of freedom uh from fear of just being being so allowing yourself to be so happy and so in love uh that you you I think move beyond that sort of worry and and those emotions that we talked about before. I love that we get both ends of the spectrum with this album. It's not like this very – because sometimes people will do an album, and because it might have an idea behind it or a theme or something, that they, they, they'll stay in the same gear because they think that that sounds cohesive or something for an album. Or it's, yeah, cer- certainly if I had hired a you know marketing person or something, they would have told me not, not to do this album in the way that I did. <laughs> um, because I, I think at the end of the day, and, and part of the – the reasoning behind you know calling it home base and and thinking of it in the way Which I, think I wanted of, to ask about tell me about yeah that. it's it's basically you know it's it's me sort of figuring out where my voice is and what are the important things and songs that that i I feel like I need to write or want to write and have out there and it's so it's not written from sort of the perspective of what 
that's going to sell a lot of copies or what's going to necessarily make sense. Um, I certainly wrote it with an ear towards having things that were polished and, and could be used on, on the radio or in a movie or TV, but not necessarily thinking of it as I need to market myself as some specific thing, but really just looking inward to you know the natural complexity of who we are as people and saying, okay, these, these are the stories that I want to tell, these are the emotions I want to tell that feel the most honest and most important to me, and then hopefully that'll be the thread that ties it together rather than thinking of it as, okay, someone who likes pop music will like all of these songs, someone who likes this kind of music. Well, I definitely think that the people who follow you and discover you, they're going to go for that. They're going to love this. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it definitely feels, and it feels honest, and it feels sort of like the thing that I that I should be making. And uh, again, it, it feels the most honest for me for where I'm at right now. And I think that's really, as an artist, that's that's all you can really do. And if you try and do something else, then you'll just end up driving yourself crazy trying to chase after something. Mm-hmm. So really, I think a lot of my musical journey and, and especially living in L.A. the past you know, few years, a lot of that journey has really taught me that the one thing that you should really come back to is just who you are as an individual and what it is that you're, that you're trying to make and say and, and just be proud of that. And as, and as long as you have that, then it sort of gives you, gives you a, a sort of strength that is hard to find if you're always chasing someone else's idea. Oh, I agree. I agree because it becomes a an issue of authenticity. If you're if you're trying to create this thing that you think people will like, then you're you're never going to really be you. And the great artists that we all love just did what they did, and it landed because it resonated with people. And sometimes that's just all you can do. Yeah, I think that's all you can do. And at least that's you know, in my mind, that's the uh, if I've sort of learned anything about the, the key to like sustainable happiness as an artist, that's, that's really all you can do. Uh, because as I said, anything else will, uh, will sort of drive you crazy. And I know that this, these songs and this album, I'm, I'm really happy how they came out and I really think they represent, you know, what I, what it is that I wanted to say. And, uh, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited for other people to hear it, but I'm also not banking my, my happiness on, on whether people <laughs> love it or not but um i think especially if some of the songs resonate with people and and you know can speak to them emotionally and and help them through uh something that they're going through or really try and you know work through something inside them then i think that's really all the success that i'm i'm after well and i should mention too that not only can people buy this now you're releasing the album on the 17th is that right mm-hmm. yeah Wednesday, February 17th, it'll be iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, everywhere. And if they're in L.A. Mm-hmm. on the 17th, they can not only buy the album, go buy it, go buy it, go buy it, go buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a whore. I, I, I want everyone to go buy stuff. Support, 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 support. They can actually join you on the 17th at Rockwell yes. in L.A. for a record release party and you're going to be performing the songs from from the album, and they can celebrate with you the release and your birthday. Yes, yeah, we're combining a whole bunch of celebration all in one big night. Woohoo! <laughs> It'd be great. Have just trying to get you know uh, my my friends there and and any you know fans and and really celebrate together. Finally, being done with this album, and then celebrate birthday and any other other surprises happening that night. So 
Uh, it should be really fun. And then also, I'm I've decided I'm doing a limited physical printing of the CD because I'm mostly going to be selling it just digitally. But for the release party, um, everyone who goes will actually get a physical disc. So lim- limited edition, just because I don't don't know if I want to <laughs> print that many and carry them. Around. <laughs> People just want the music these days. They don't care how they get it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's funny. There's definitely there's definitely people that uh, have asked for a physical CD. Luckily, it's it's going up on Amazon on demand. I think and if I if I set up the settings right, then uh, I think it means that you can you'll be able to go on there and actually order a physical CD that they'll they'll and print. And they send. basically print it or something. They yeah. like make a CD. <laughs> they print it in their warehouse somewhere. Well, thank you, Amazon. We appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. One thing I did want to ask about the creative process, because I'm always curious about this, and it was a question that crossed my mind, and then I thought, ooh, don't ask it that way, Randy. That doesn't sound right. Because I was going to ask what's the hardest thing about writing and recording, but hardest doesn't sound like the right word. So I want to ask, like, what is the most challenging thing when you're writing something or with, whether you're recording it? Is there a part that you find more challenging than others or – yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, it ends up being kind of putting the final touches on a song mm. where while I'm writing something, I'll have maybe I'll very quickly come up with an idea and have, you know, have the, the hook or the chorus and um, I'll come up with some of the some of the lyrics. There's a point where I reach where I, I like the song, but I know in my in the back of my head, I know that it can be better or a certain mm. be said a little bit better. Again, that's that's where that analytical part of my brain starts to go in and saying like, oh well, well this rhythm doesn't quite match up with that one vocally. Can you? Is there a way to shorten this this you know word or or use a different syllable or something like that uh, so that it rhymes better and and all those little pieces. So I, I tend to get lost in that. So I think it's it's been good to have another person mm-hmm. work to work with to sort of to to be that person that says. Uh, this is done because right. <laughs> like these songs, especially since I play them live so much, a lot of them they constantly evolve in small ways. Right. And so I think for a lot of these songs, they never quite feel done to me. And even the songs now that they're on the album, you know, I'm sure at some point in the not too distant future, I'll I'll start you know playing them slightly differently when I play them live or something. But that's always difficult for me because they're they're these living beings for me where I think they. The songs constantly evolve and uh, and change on their own. Yeah, I think it just happens naturally through through playing it over and over again. And I think that's a healthy thing, uh, to be honest with you. I think art does live and breathe. That that's just life and creativity. And and like sometimes I I do wonder like you know Britney Spears probably well okay that's how I recorded it this is how we do it well, cause, well with Britney she has to play the record anyway so uh, mm-hmm. that's probably not very nice <laughs> but. Um, Someone else, I could have picked a better example. Uh-huh. But... That's you know for me part of the other benefit of having a having a set schedule and deadline and you know that deadlines always help me finish songs for sure. When I was living in San Francisco, I had a this monthly songwriter show that I co-hosted, and every month I challenged myself to have at least one new thing to play. There's a full you know full song or something, and so that was great because every every time inevitably about you know two days before the show I'd be sitting. <laughs> Like trying to trying to do those last little edits to a song, and then I'd be forced to finish it and and play it and see how it went. So I think those that's always good for uh, for the creative process. 
Well, thank you so much for talking about this. I'm, congratulations on just a really gorgeous album. Like I said, it is literally the kind of album you can put on and listen all the way through. It takes you on a really terrific ride. And you start out big, you, you, you kind of go up one hill, you come down another, and then the ending of the album actually is, is completely the opposite of the beginning, mm-hmm. which I like. And I just I think the whole album is terrific. Congratulations. It's really, really beautiful. And, Thank you. And um, this, this is the perfect Jeb Havens album for today. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, the best, that's the best compliment then. Because I, I set out trying to write something that really felt, felt natural and honest and, and represented me. So I'm glad that worked. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having the time, and congratulations, and have a great time on February 17th at your record release party. It'll be packed, it'll be fun, and everyone's going to love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you for listening tonight to The Randy Report. I'd like to ask, if you're listening through a web browser tonight, if you look on your screen, you'll see a little pink button that says Follow. So if you've enjoyed the show tonight, I invite you to click that follow button, and every time I schedule a new episode, you'll be notified so that you can listen in. And I love company here on The Randy Report. And remember, you can find me every single day online at therandyreport.com, where I blog about pop culture, politics, and entertainment of interest to the LGBT community. Make sure you pick up Jeb Haven's new album, Home Base, on February 17th, And we're going to ride into the sunset tonight with one more Jeb Havens song from Home Base. This is The Happiest. Good night, everyone. Don't want to breathe if I can't breathe right when you're breathing. Don't want to sleep if where I sleep you're not there dreaming next to me. There's an impossible emotion on your face I know I'd never guess. Disbelief I'd risk my heart again, but I can't hear nothing but the pounding in my chest Please say yes, make me the happiest Please say yes